We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for rapid fire? Are we already there? We're there. Oh, goodness. I'm just getting warmed up. I'm just going to start recycling some more arguments that you've given me in the past that I refuted. (laughs) Fill in the blank, Vince. DJ Brown is returning for his sixth season for the Irish, and that's blank. Great for depth. That's great for depth. I if if he's starting, either he has taken a massive step forward, or safety's in trouble. I mean that, that that's the best way I can put it. He's a great depth piece. He's a kid that's gonna put it all on the line for you. I mean he's he's a consummate Notre Dame guy, but he can't be a starter on an elite defense. He can be a role player for you. He can have a role. So you need him for depth. Uh, but I if he's starting, I'm 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 a little worried. Yeah, and I and I mean. They lack depth at at safety, you know, right. like because they lose some guys back there. They lose Houston Griffith, obviously. They lose uh, Brandon Joseph. Did they lose anybody else back there? Oh yeah, yeah. I said Houston Griffith already, right? right. Yeah. So yep. I mean, you know, so they they obviously lose them. But this is a guy who's played forty five games over the last four yeah. years. Now a lot of it's been on special teams, but we've seen a lot more of him in the back end the last couple years. And the guy ended up being the fourth leading tackler on the team this year so it's it's some good valuable experience that you need you know Xavier Watts really came on strong at the end of the year and now you're going to add Thomas Harper back there as well and maybe even Clarence Lewis you know kind of speculating on whether he ends up being a safety as well so yeah I mean you 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 need you need some numbers back there and for this season I think it's uh it's a really good choice and I had seen that you know like maybe he was thinking about not coming back and it really surprised me unless he just decided hey I don't want to play football anymore but obviously right. that's not the decision he made he could have made a Braden Lindsay decision to hang it up and you know yeah. end the workforce and all that and I would have I feel like I'm kind of eh, you know like 50 50 either way if he would have gone I'd be like okay if he would have stayed okay like I, but it didn't. It this doesn't is also move a three-star guy who's worked his way up the ladder yeah. and got himself into a position where he's been able to be a contributor for the last. Absolutely, few years. I mean it's great Pretty for depth. Solid contributor. It's it's great for depth. I have no, I have absolutely yeah. zero problem with that. I like I said, I'm just worried if he becomes the starter, unless right. he's really elevated his game from now until then. But I think I just I feel like we know who DJ Brown is at this point. 
You know, Brent is concerned. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Brent is concerned about the safety position. How concerned should Brent be about the safety position? Do you think it is a minor concern? I'm not going to say it's not a concern at all. That would be silly. It's a concern. I think I feel very confident with Xavier Watts having another offseason and being a starter at one of the safeties. I feel very comfortable with Ramon Henderson being one of the safeties. I don't know that Ramon Henderson is a starter, though. So I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, you need three mm-hmm. safeties. You need three. Okay, so what 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 combination are you going to get back there? I feel like it's Xavier Watts, it's Ramon Henderson, and who is the third guy? Because Brian is speculating that the new kid is going to start at nickel. Right. So it's all, he's almost like a, a safety slash corner, right? So if he's going to start at nickel, you still need that third safety. And so I feel like that part is wide open. Well, but the other part of that is, you know, like, does Jaden Mickey show progress from one mm-hmm. season to the next? Is like, is nickel a spot where if you need another guy at the back end where, where Harper sure. can, can, you know, can, can go play safety. I wouldn't want them to have to go out and try to bring in another safety in the portal, you know, especially like when you start to look at at numbers on the roster and not knowing exactly who, you know, who's staying and who's going in some spots and stuff. I I would feel really good if Clarence Lewis was the third safety. Yeah. I mean, that would be the best solution right there. I I don't think that they're even considering that right now from what I can get from Brian, but that would be to me that triumvirate of safety, Henderson, Watts, and Lewis. I feel really good about that three-way safety. And then, you know, we, we talked about it before. You got two shutdown corners, and you've got a kid at nickel that's got a ton of experience under his belt at Oklahoma State playing against offenses that all they want to do is throw the ball. So I feel really good about that rotation moving forward if that's what ends up happening. Yeah. I concur. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Got a basketball question. Irish AJ. Oh, here we go. Asked me, he says, I know you're on the women's basketball side of things, but Mike Bray is on his last legs. Is Mike Bray on his last legs as coach? <laughs> I don't think I've seen the team this poor in a long time. Oh, the program they is in bad shape right now. <laughs> I mean, there was a pretty good stretch there where they didn't make the NCAA tournament, right? I mean, they, they've been this bad before. And I feel like as long as I've known you, We've had this conversation <laughs> about some, Bray. Yeah. I mean, how it's probably true. You know what it's I mean? Been going like, on for a while, hasn't it? We have this conversation all the time until I hear otherwise. He's not on his last legs. He's going to leave whenever he wants to leave. You know, I mean, he there, there was a period there where they were at least always making the NCAA tournament and then they dipped below that for quite a while. They made it back last year. Doesn't look real good for this year at the moment. So I I don't know that he's on his last legs, but I don't, I just don't know that the, I just don't know that anybody cares. The funny that. thing is a few years back, and this has been, gosh, it's going on around 10 years or so right now where, you know, talking to some people, you know, who were really connected, there was some talk. At that point, again, this has been about 10 years that like if if something didn't change really quickly with the men's basketball program, that that Bray might have been out the door at that point. And then within like a year or two is when they go on back to back lead eight runs. And that obviously that saved him, gave him, you know, reinvigorated things. And, you know, the problem is he has coasted on that for like what six years now yeah at this point and the one ncaa appearance last year it it obviously is not happening this year and that's it's 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 tough you know and like with the conversation that was passed along to me at that point was they needed as an athletic department they needed that men's basketball program producing more revenue and the comparison that i had heard at that point was like you know Look at Louisville. They're able to produce money from both football and basketball. Louisville is obviously still a basketball school. Sure. But, and, you know, and they have a different arena and things are a little bit different down there. But the point was they weren't going to, you know, the, as, as an athletic department, they weren't going to settle for half-empty arenas most of the time. And that's what you're back to mm -hmm. right now. You know, you that's – it's, it's pretty quiet over there quite often. And so – that's what I wonder is like, is that going to force a hand here pretty soon? Because getting back to the tournament last year, the, there was zero momentum off that right. this year, unfortunately, with so many veterans back from that team. And it's disappointing. I mean, they've, they've basically had the same team for the last four years. I mean, yeah. it's the same guys. All these kids started as a fre as freshmen. You know, the, the, the core of this team, they all started as freshmen. You know, and so all those kids are going to be gone next year. Frankly, I, I mean, I, I would never call for somebody's job, but at the same time, I mean, what what better time to make a change than when you're going to have a ton of change on the team anyway? And if he if he does stick around, he's like, well, they're all young. You got to give me some time. You know that whole argument. So then you you've bought a few more years, and there's just I don't know. There's just no excitement around this program. I mean, you're obviously. And know. that was that was the word that was kind of used, you know, back yeah. at that point. But the excitement that was brought was because of those back-to-back -back elite eights. Again, that you know, 
it's following one with another elite eight people bought in at that point right. and you, you know you still made a a tournament or whatever but then you know like the matt farrell Monzi Colson year when when Colsey hurt his foot and Farrell was out for a while and they ended up in the NIT. That was really mm-hmm. the start of of the downslide, the really backslide that year. That seems like so long ago. John. I know, like it seems forever ago. But it, it was only what again, like five or six years or something like that. Well, let let's go from a program with zero excitement around it to a program <laughs> with a ton of excitement around oh, it. Okay. Let's talk about some women's hoops real quick, Sean. And obviously, you know, I, I, I've been following the, the, the women's team, mainly because you are the man with the plan of the play-by-play. And they caught off to a bit of a rough – they had a bit of a rough go in North Carolina. It's like they, they grabbed the, the men's film and they decided that they're going to to repeat that. But where, where – you know, Notre Dame is ranked number five right now. This is only their – They dropped to seven. They dropped to seven They dropped today. to seven. Okay, yeah. today. Okay. They were five in the game yesterday, uh, during the game. Four. Four in the game. They dropped to seven. Oh, they had five on TV. That's all. Well, I know what they're going off of. Whatever. ACC Network's been wrong more than once. Well, that's your fact there. So after the loss to North Carolina, obviously it's a conference loss. What where's this team going? Like where where do you see this team going? Obviously, everybody has their off night shooting, but where where is this team right now? Yeah, yesterday was just such it was weird. Never seen anything like that. You know, you have to go back basically to Neil Ivy's first season to really see anything like that. It was just it it's you obviously hope it's a one-off, and I think it's a one-off. And I I just I wonder and I kind of asked Neil Ivy before the game. You played two games, you know, you came back from Christmas, you played two games, boom, boom had a close one against Miami, and then you just blew the doors off Boston College. Yeah. Boston College, by the way, won a couple of impressive games last week after getting beaten 85-47 to 47 by Notre Dame on New Year's Day. But Notre Dame goes a full week then because they had their conference by come early, and they just looked much more lethargic yeah. than any, any time that I have seen them in the last two years. And so you – that's what I'm kind of hoping. And and the other thing is North Carolina, even though Notre Dame had a solid defensive effort against them, I mean, North Carolina was kind of, you know, like a dog backed into a corner. Like they had lost four games in a row. And you heard me make the comment on the air. I wasn't just putting perfume on a pig when I was trying to sell. That that was still a good North Carolina team that, those well, they were twenty-two. Losses, I mean, they were ranked in the top twenty-ish. I mean, they're, yeah, they're a good they were team. still they were still in the top. They were still, I think, number. They were eighteen in one poll, twenty-two in the other. They had lost four in a row, but they were by a combined total of twenty-two points, and two of them were to ranked teams. Yeah, you know, so like that was still a quality team that they saw yesterday. Their zone defense gave Notre Dame fits. The real, the the biggest head scratcher of the whole thing is Notre Dame has been in the top like three or four in three-point shooting all season. They shoot two for 22 against North Carolina. They couldn't hit the threes. Yep, and Larry just Larry just said it, two for 22. That's crazy. That's the biggest thing. And it's like, that's what I have no answer for because it's yeah. one thing to miss some shots, but it's another, like when many of the shots were not hitting anything. They were not hitting iron. They were not hitting backboard. It was definitely the worst shooting performance I've seen in the last two years 
from a very good team. I don't think that we'll see something like that yeah. again. I'm a, I'm willing to say it's going to be a one-off. They play Wake Forest this week, and then they go to Syracuse next weekend. I think that they'll ultimately okay. I think it's actually going to be good for them to get back into the rhythm. You're playing twice a week now right. and just get going because that's what it's going to be the rest of the season now. You made a reference during the game, and I don't want to belabor the point here, but you made a reference during the game that like maybe the depth perception was off because it was just a, you know, I don't know. what Did did you hear any kind of talk of that like after the game, you know, off the record? Like were they just not seeing the basket very well? And that's I, – I did wonder that, and I asked Sherelle Allen, the assistant who did the post game with me last night, and she said some of the some of the players were talking about that during okay. the shoot-around. Like, like that could be a thing. She obviously didn't want to make that an excuse. But two for 22 stands out, especially, again, when you're one yeah. of the top three or four three-point shooting teams in the conference. They dropped to fifth after going two for 22. They were, they'd been in the top three and four – all season. So I, I think that there could be something to that. Again, we'll we'll find out as they get rolling here a little bit. I've never but I've never seen them come close to shooting that bad from yeah. three point range. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. How about some more football? We got the college football national championship game tonight. Scale of one to ten. How much more strongly do you feel today compared to a year ago at this time that Notre Dame is closer to winning a national championship. Well, if I'm being honest, I felt pretty good around this time last year <laughs> about a lot of things. I mean, I realized they had lost the Fiesta Bowl, but that was a very winnable game. I mean, they beat themselves in that game. I mean, let's let's be honest. They they should have won that game. And you you looked at who was leaving, who was coming, you know, all of those different things. And I felt pretty good about it. I mean, they were in a New Year's Six in a season where, you know, yes, record-wise, they got to where they got, but you felt like they were able to take another step. There was obviously a ton of momentum around Marcus Freeman at this point, you know, this time last year. You know, you were looking at a brand new staff and all of those. We didn't even know who the defensive coordinator was going to be at that time. So, I mean, you have to take all that into account. But I really did not anticipate them taking a step back. So from a scale of one to ten, I, I mean, I feel stronger about it, but not by much. I got to put get up like a a four or five because I was very and that's confident. four or five more, not just like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm more confident, but I was pretty confident this time last year. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, still with all the questions unanswered that we now have answers to, I was still fairly confident. So I don't have a ton more confidence now because it was already fairly high. Yeah. I, I, they're trending still in the right direction. The recruiting is the big thing. And, you know, again, like people can bemoan losing a couple of the top guys in the class, but it was still a really good class. They're good. It's chock full of talent. They're already working, you know, toward 2024 keep stacking these classes on top of each other so that's that's kind of what i'm looking at more than just what's going on on the field is how this re recruiting is going they're they're still working in the right direction and now when you you know like for this year i at the very like if i if if you ask me right now scale to one to ten will they be in the college football playoff this year i'd go a seven with that just like being in the playoff so i feel Fairly confident, you know, and again, we started off the show floor in the ceiling talking about how, you know, what 
how good this team can be. I think it's definitely a college football playoff caliber team, especially when you add an experienced quarterback like they've got. But now, can they win a playoff game this year? Like when I look at this yeah. roster and I stack it up, you know, it's I wouldn't say that it is appreciably better than either of the other two college, you know, playoff teams that they've had before. So in terms of, you know, again, now now I'm so I'm just talking about this year with that. But as it pertains to the future, I, I think I just saw somebody say it. Yeah, Anthony said it. Like our chances with a good quarterback. To me, it still comes down to that. Like sure. whether it's Buckner or Minchie or Carr, is one of those guys going to be like the flag bearer type quarterback? I think that's what it's going to take ultimately for Notre Dame to actually win a national championship. So I'm kind of along with you. Like I like I said, I feel strongly they can be in the playoff, but in terms of winning a national championship, I'm with you in that 4-5 range in, in terms of more confidence now compared to a year ago, just because, again, like there's some things that we've got to still see on the field to make sure that this coach you know, is past that. Sure. And that's just going to be an aberration and not a, a, a regular occurrence. Yep, absolutely. So what do you think about him playing the national championship game on Monday nights? We, we you know, again, championship game is tonight. It sucks. I mean, I, I hate it. <laughs> I, I don't even know anywhere way else to put it because I watch it every year and it's always on a Monday. And so I always stay up too late and then I get terrible sleep and I'm worthless the next day at work. And now it's going to be two nights in a row because yeah. I stayed up and watched the Lions and the Packers last night. And you're just getting back into and, to work as well. <laughs> today was my first day back to work. And now I'm going to do it all over again tonight. And not only am I going to do it all over again, but I'm going to do it so everybody can watch me do it uh, over on the CFP Nation site. And we're going to do a watch party. So it's like I can't really get out of there early, you know, and go watch it in bed or anything like that. So, you know. I hate it. I understand why they have to do it because the NFL is always more going to be yeah. more popular than college football. There's just no, there's just no way to shake it. That's the way it's always going to be. And so the NFL has Saturday night, they've got Sunday night. And so what does college football have to do? They have to move it to Monday. And I, there's been people that have said, you know, screw the NFL, make them be all on Sunday so that college football can be on Saturday. I, I get that. But back in the day, everything was done by January 1st. Yeah. You know, exactly. I mean, this is college football's problem. So you got to be on a Monday. You don't have a choice. Yeah. And it's going to expand even more now as right. well. Michael's right. They have been doing it, you know, since they started playing it. But I agree with what you're saying. In a perfect world, they would be able to play the national championship game, say, at 6 o'clock on a Saturday night. College football's played on Saturday. You play the national championship game on Saturday. But they – just what you're talking about. They've got to separate it because the NFL and everything else. So it sucks. We're old, whatever. Nobody cares. <laughs> <I know. laughs> the the ratings seem to be getting stronger every okay. year. So th that's good, you know, just in terms of overall. How do you compare it, though, to like to Super Bowl night for you? Because, you know, Ooh. Super Bowl is played on a Sunday and all the things that you're talking about, like people still have to get up and go to work on Monday as well. And, you know, there's always been people who kick around, hey, you know, should the day after the Super Bowl be President's Day or something like that? So you've got a, a holiday. What, 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 how, how does this compare to, to Super Bowl Sunday for you, well, the college football championship? 
the difference is you get all day to work up to it. You're not at work. I mean, most people, I should say, aren't at work on Super Bowl Sunday. So it's like they have the whole day to themselves. College net football's national championship does not have the whole day to themselves. We all go to most people go to work during the day and you know, you come home and you do your thing and then you watch the game. So it's like, I don't know. It's different. Super Bowl Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. This isn't CFB Monday. Like that, that's not a thing. I don't know. It just feels different. Yeah. Kind of what you were saying. Yeah. Like when the, the, the Super Bowl is on Sunday and it's like you got all day, you kind of kick around, you get your food ready, your snacks and your beverages and whatever else. Monday is just, huh, it's Monday. You know, it's like back to work and then you come home and you watch the game and then, you know, you got to get up and, and do it all over again the next day. And Brent is absolutely right. Having lived oh, on yeah. the West Coast for a year, you get your sleep. That's like That was like that year I lived where Brent lives in, in Monterey. We would roll out of bed on uh, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. and start watching the NFL. You know, it was, point. it was beautiful, baby. That, and the Super Bowl parties are earlier and everything else, you know. That's a really, really good point. You always get a good night's sleep. You're not wrong. Not right. And that's why I will say there's one of the reasons that I hate living on East Coast time is because they make everything uh, so freaking late. I know so that they can get everybody else involved on the West Coast. You know, that's why baseball doesn't start till 830 or, you know, what? At, like, oh, my God, we have to wait till 830 to start a game. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Still a big game, though. Georgia TCU huge game. Yeah, it starts in like 19 minutes. Man, are we getting that close already? We better hurry this up. I didn't realize it started at 7:30. I thought it was an 8:30 yeah. start. And that's honest. actually was. Could you try again? Oh, thank you, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> so Georgia's minus 13 and a half. Who are you taking in this thing tonight? I have not bet a dime on this game just because I don't know enough about the teams to really feel good about it. I but if. I would take TCU plus the 13 and a half. I just, I think Georgia's the better team, but TCU isn't, hasn't been the better team a couple different times. And it's always either close or they win. So I just feel like TCU is going to keep it close enough that they'll be inside the 13 and a half. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I looked at, at, at the history, Georgia has won by at least that many 11 times this year, but they're just seven and seven against the spread and TCU. I guess because they've been a Cinderella, they're 10-3-1 against the spread. So they've done very well. I, I like them to cover that 13-and-a-half yeah. as well. The over-under is 62-and-a-half points. I went over on that one. I think there's going to be a lot of points tonight. I think TCU is at least going to be able to hang around in this game yeah. for a while. Georgia gave up some shots downfield. And T I saw today, I think Aaron Taylor tweeted this. TCU has 21 plays of 50-plus yards this season. Wow. Georgia's defense has only allowed six plays of that many yards. But, you know, they gave up some plays last week in the semifinal to Ohio State. And I think that that if TCU is going to be able to score, it's going to be with Duggan going downfield. So I, I like some points in this game. I do, too. I think, you know, if we've if we've seen anything from the college football playoff games and, and all, points are going to be scored. I mean – we, we've talked about it a million times. Defense will get you to the games. Offense will win it for you. You're going to have to score points, and I think yeah. there's going to be a bunch of points. I, I do. I, I would take the over as well. I think that's a solid bet.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Houston beat the Colts and cost themselves the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Oh, it's hilarious. I, it's so funny. They they were guaranteed. All they had to do was go in and lose the game, and they were winning the entire game. And they ended up winning by a point. A point. I mean, it's really, it's Lovey Smith's last laugh because then he got fired. Like, he goes out and wins a game and then gets canned. Here's what I wonder, okay, because it's not just that they won and not just that they won by a point. It's how they won because first they're playing their starters in this game. Yes, You're in contention to get the number one pick in the NFL draft, and you're out there playing your starters in this game. The Colts have Sam Ellinger Mm -hmm. out there, and the Texans have got their starter, Davis Mills, who's, you know, it's not a pro bowler, but it's still their starting quarterback. He's thrown for over 3,000 yards this year. He throws a 28-yard touchdown pass on 4th and 20 with 50 seconds left in the game. A 28-yard touchdown pass on 4th and 20. So then they're down by a point after they score this touchdown. So rather than kick the extra point to tie the game, which they did at the start of the season, they tied the Colts, if you remember, to open the season. So that's why they had their tie. They go for two, and they get it, and they win by one point. So it's like... My question is, did Levy Smith know before the game that he was getting fired? Because like everything he did <laughs> was a coach who was trying to stick it to the organization on the way out the door. I think it's hilarious. Because you know? no, organizationally, there this is a golden ticket. It's the number one pick in the draft, you know, like to to do everything that they did to go for two when if they would have kicked the extra point, they still would have got the you know, and tied the a game. Tie, a tie they gets still would have got the number one pick. All they needed was a tie, and they kicked it and won, and they give up the number one pick. So that's I'm convinced Levy knew. I didn't even know that that's how the game ended. If I'm being honest, I knew they lost the game by a point. I didn't realize he he forego for for foregone forwent <laughs> the the extra point. Like what in the world? Why? I think that's so funny because now I'm convinced that he knew. I hundred percent. He had to have. He had yes. to have. Absolutely. And if not, he deserved to lose his job. You know, like <laughs> if if he didn't know and he did all those things, they win by one point, and that's the difference between the Colts and Texans this season. One point because again, yes. they tied the first time. They very easily could have tied the second time. And the the sorry thing is, I think the Colts were trying to, but they were playing their backups. Houston. You got to play your backups, and you definitely can right. go for two at the end. I'm sorry, it's the number one pick in the draft.
Yeah, and Jeff Saturday <laughs> lost the last seven games of the season after that big win over the Raiders. Big win. Yep. You talked about staying up and watching that game last night, Lions and Packers, and I was very entertained by that game after I got home from North Carolina. Yeah. Which is better, Mr. Bears fan, getting the number one pick in the draft or seeing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers knocked out of the playoffs in prime time? Look, I don't even know what it feels like to have a first round pick uh, recently if, as a Bears fan. That's so having, ha- having the number one pick is like surreal. But seeing Aaron Rodgers lose last night, the way that they, they lost and just watching him look like he was about ready to start pouting as well. I'm sorry. That makes up for it for me. I, I mean, that's so much better. I I am a spiteful human being, and watching him <laughs> yes, lose. If nothing else is true, is, it's spiteful. It's so <laughs> glorious in so many ways. I mean, look, it's great that, that the Bears have the number one pick. They'll probably trade it for draft picks and, you know, whatever, which is fine. They need them. They need all the help they can get. But watching Aaron Rodgers lose and then talking about how he doesn't know if he's going to be back as a Packer again. He might retire. <laughs> like, oh, it was great. Just great. Fantastic. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not a, uh, a a Bears fan, but I was cheering so hard for the Lions. <laughs> yes. Last night. And I, I was very entertained watching that game oh. between, you know, the only team that it actually meant anything to was the Packers. And here's Dan Campbell's guys yep. just out there out playing them all yeah. night long. And Dan Campbell's like fourth and one. Nope. Stay on the field. We're going for it. Great. And they get it, you know, and they, they've got the, I don't know if it's, it's like a hook and lateral or what they called that little short pass in the, the pitch to, I think it was Swift, the running back. It's like, and they convert another first down. It was glorious. It was just glorious. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was oh, very Crystal. entertaining. Crystal's trying to try, Crystal's trying to get me, and uh, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. He says, "I just Vince just wishes that the Bears had Rodgers. Not in a million years. Not in a million years. Yeah. Just like I would never want AJ Przinsky to play for the Cubs. I never yeah. want Rodgers to play for the Bears." Brent makes a good point. I I forgot. The, you remember the Bears beat the 49ers yes, they did. early in the season. I think wasn't that like a wasn't that like a rain-soaked game or something? I wasn't think there so. a storm going that through? That was back Chicago? when there was still life at Hallis Hall. Like there was still a chance <laughs> right. that they might be something. It's a long time ago. I yeah. barely remember that. It was. All right, well, enjoy the national championship game tonight. And again, you can jump on over to the College Football Nation channel. Vince, Brian, who else is going to be there? Sean, I believe. Not you, the other Sean. Sean Davis. Sean Davis. All right. All right, well, John Benko with a a little volley here at the end. Hartman ceiling is zero because Buckner's going to win the job. You know, like, hey, may the best man win. Let's see who gets it. (laughs) It's going to be great. I think it's a legit competition, so let's have some fun with it. Absolutely. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll have some more college football national championship talk on tomorrow's show. We're going to get into some more, uh, deeper into some Marcus Freeman stuff, kind of grading him out for the season. I think we're going to do that on tomorrow's show with Jesse and I. Vince, I will talk to you Wednesday and talk to everybody else manana hope that you will be here hit the like button on your way out and subscribe rate and review Ivy Nation Sports Talk
Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.